In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jesus commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is He who was appointed by God to be the judge of the living and of the dead. These are words of St. Peter that we find in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10. Jesus commanded us to preach that he will be judge, that God has appointed him as judge of the living and of the dead. Today we continue our series of sermons on the four last things, and we look at the general judgment, what we call the last judgment. Last week, Father Themen spoke about the particular judgment, the judgment that each of us will undergo immediately after death. Now we look at the judgment that will take place at the end of the world. Last time, Father reminded us that we must discontinue hiding from ourselves, failing to admit our faults, trying to somehow cover them over and justify them. It's time to stop justifying ourselves to ourselves, trying to somehow get around our conscience. Well, today, we could say that it's time to stop hiding ourselves from our neighbor. Because everyone will know everything we've done, everything we've thought. At the last judgment, all will be made known. All of our faults, all of our sins, even the most secret and shameful, will be known not just by the priest, but by everyone. And God's judgment will be seen by all to be just, to be perfectly just. I believe in Jesus Christ who will come to judge the living and the dead. It's part of the creed. It's a dogma of faith. We find it in Scripture. All men will rise from the dead at the end of the world. Of course, the good will rise glorious with a glorified body. And those who died in mortal sin will, die, will, will rise from the dead too. In their body, they will rise from the dead. Or they will not be glorious. They will be condemned to the eternal fires of hell. They will wish that they could die again. But that will no longer be a possibility in any way, shape, or form. God himself says eternal punishment. Everlasting punishment. <coughs> so all men will rise from the dead. A judgment before everyone will follow. Christ will be the judge in his humanity because he opened the gates of heaven for us. He paid the price for our sins and now he will judge whether or not for this soul or that soul he died in vain. If he has to look upon a soul and say, 
I died for you, I paid the price, and you've wasted it. And then what a shame follows. The subject matter of this judgment will be the life of each and every one of us. It will be a judgment of what we have thought. Not just what we have done, but of what we have thought, of what we have desired. Those secret desires that we never follow through on and fulfill, but we wish this or that. We will be judged on what we have thought and what we have desired on what we have said, on what we have done, and probably most frighteningly of all, on what we have omitted to do, what we have failed to do. It's not enough to be able to say, well, I, I didn't do anything too terrible. Did you fail to raise a Catholic family? Did you fail to do all that you could to get your children to heaven? Did you fail to spread the faith in your workplace? Did you fail in any grave way? Because we have duties. We have work to do. And if we fail in that, we fail at life. At that time, you could say that all the dross will be burned away. All of our life's works will be put before our Lord and you could say as if they're, they're tried by fire. Anything that's just straw will burn away and just the real will remain. Even our good deeds, sometimes I, I fear, even our good deeds will burn away because they're done perhaps just too naturally, too much for a natural cause. Well, this will make me look better in the eyes of others. This will make me look like a very kind individual. This, the, here they'll see, they'll, they'll, they'll praise this aspect of my efforts. All these mixed motives, or just natural motives. If, I'm, if I do this, I work this hard at work, I'll be promoted. If that's all it is, that doesn't merit anything for heaven. It has to be supernatural in its motive. There has to be grace in the soul, and then supernatural in its motive. All the dross will be burned away. Just like after, just like the moments after death, our particular judgment, sometimes we'll be shocked at who we are, at who we've become. Because we've blinded ourselves through life. Here, we will be shocked. Not only at who we are, but at others too. Oh, I, I thought he was so far along the path. And it was empty. All but empty. Or for others, I never gave him any credit for anything. He never, he never stood out. He came to Mass every Sunday, but he'd slip away afterwards, or he'd be in the chapel praying. I never thought anything of him, and he was a great man. He did everything for God. All the little things he did, he did for God. The world counted him as a fool. I disregarded him, but God saw all along. 
the gold that was there. The time of judgment. What can we say about the time of judgment? When will it happen? Well, we do know that it's certain to happen. And the time is certain. But only God knows it. He's given us certain signs. He's given us certain signs of the end of the world. Mysterious, but still signs. And yet we do not know exactly when it will be. Where will it take place? We read in scripture of the of Jehoshaphat, the valley of Jehoshaphat. There is actually a place called that. At the same time, the theologians say it doesn't necessarily mean it's at that physical place, because Jehoshaphat means the place of the judgment of Yahweh, or the place of the judgment of God. But it could very well be the physical place, I don't know. The end result... The end result will be heaven or hell forever. The apostles, the apostles will judge with Christ. They will judge with Christ. Our Lord told them that. Also, all those who are voluntarily poor will have a share in this judgment with Christ. All those who are voluntarily poor. All those who have left everything to follow Christ. Now, of course, that means living up to that, not just leaving it, following Christ, and then taking it all back again. It means living up to that. This is inspired, even, would say is help to inspire vocations down the ages. Judgment will go much easier on those who have voluntarily chosen out of love to be poor. Meaning poor in spirit, not attached to their things. And even often when God wants it, and he often does, even truly poor, denying ourselves of comforts that we could afford but that we don't need. Well, we would expect that, wouldn't we? What is, what is Christ going to be looking for when he returns at the end of the world? He gave us a very clear indication of what he's going to be looking for at the end of the world by the way in which he was born when he first came to us. What will he be looking for when he last comes to us, he'll be looking that, to see whether we lived and learned the lessons that he taught when he first came to us. And when he first came to us, he came in humility, in poverty, and both of those chosen through charity. And we find this as well in Our Lady and St. Joseph. Humility, poverty, not just endured, but accepted and chosen through charity, through supernatural love. That's what he looks for when he returns. 
If he came today, what would he find in us? If the prognosis is not very good, then it's time to make some real changes. Why? Why must this be a public judgment? You might think that that doesn't seem like God. He forbids us to go around talking about the faults of other people. He tells us we're not to reveal other people's faults. Why would he make known to everyone at the end of the world the faults of everyone? Because everyone needs to see that justice is done. All throughout the world, all throughout this lifetime, precisely, we don't see clearly those around us. And if we begin to judge them, we're going to misjudge. If we begin to spread rumors about them, people are going to misunderstand. And they, these people who make mistakes, they still have an opportunity to correct their ways. And if they made grave and big mistakes before, but now they're a different man or woman, then those mistakes of the past should remain unknown to everyone around in this lifetime. People have a right to their good name. But at the end of the world, all becomes clear. God will not make a mistake in his judgment. God has offered mercy throughout the lifetime of each of us. At the end of the world, the time of mercy is over. And the time of justice is now. And all must see. And let's face it, this is just that all see. Because our decisions impact other people too. Not just in our lifetime, but for generations after. If we're Catholics today, many of it's, uh, many, for many of us, it's because our parents and our grandparents and maybe our great-grandparents have been Catholic. And they've passed on the faith. And for many of those who are not Catholic, it's often because their parents were not Catholic, did not teach them. There's a responsibility there. Dead men live on in the memory of other men. And often, dead men are judged contrary to truth. Maybe a strong character, a philosopher with a brilliant mind, is maybe valued by the modern universities as, as someone who has set the tone for the world, a Jean-Jacques Rousseau or a Spinoza, or a Kant, or a Descartes. Problem is, they were just simply wrong. Terribly wrong. They, made, they fell into terrible errors in their philosophies. And generations have suffered from that. And justice must be seen to be done. Heresiarchs, meaning heretics who founded their own religions, a Martin Luther, a John Calvin, a Joseph Smith, 
the mistakes they made in religion have impacted thousands upon thousands of souls. Henry VIII, all for another spouse or start another religion that he might remarry. And to this day, souls off track because of these errors and risking their eternal salvation. Justice must be seen to be done. The effects of men's actions last long after death. What about, let's say, a, a young man or a young woman who, because of his passionate love for another, goes against all the advice and all the directives of the church and of their pastors and enter into a mixed marriage, a marriage with someone who's not Catholic. And let's say, as often happens, half their children or more lose the faith. Well, because half, either mom or dad wasn't Catholic, half of their role model, the world of role model wasn't Catholic. Who's going to answer for that? The individual children will have to answer before God. But the person who married against the advice of the church will have to answer not just for their children losing the faith, but for now several generations being born outside the church. The author of The Imitation of Christ writes, By what strange forgetfulness do you go forward without looking ahead to the day of judgment. Earth can be a grand and salutary purgatory. Look at the patient man who, more afflicted by the malice of others than by his own injury, prays sincerely for them who sat in him and pardons them from the bottom of his heart. Better to purify oneself than to wait until the next world then every vice will have its own proper torment. Then the humble will have great confidence and the proud man will be surprised. Then we shall see how wise was he in this world who learned to be despised for Jesus Christ. And then there will be applause for, tri applause for tribulation suffered with patience. Then the scorn of riches will have greater weight than all the treasures of the earth. Good works will outweigh beautiful words. All is vanity except to love God and to serve him. He who loves God with all his heart fears neither death nor judgment nor hell because perfect love gives us secure access to God. If we want to hear in our, Lord, in our Lord's own words a description of the general judgment with Him as judge, I would recommend that you reread Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. 
And when the Son of Man shall come in his majesty, and all the angels with him, then shall he sit upon the seat of his majesty, and all nations shall be gathered together before him, and he shall separate them one from another, as the shepherd separateth the sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on, the, on his left. And then the king, and then shall the king say to them that shall be on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, possess you the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you covered me up. Sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And the just shall answer, But when did we see you in this way? And he'll say, And the king answering shall say to them, Amen, I say to you, as long as you did it for one of these, my least brethren, you did it to me. Now, how can you reconcile that with this false notion of justification by faith alone? Our Lord Jesus Christ himself says, I will judge you on how you have, on how you have behaved. And how you have behaved towards others out of love for me. I will judge you on whether or not you have lived up to your faith. It's in scripture. And those, those who are condemned, they will be condemned for not having shown these corporal works of mercy. I was hungry and you failed to feed me, Christ will say to them. I was thirsty and you failed to give me drink. I was in prison and you failed to visit me. And his words are terrible. Then shall he say to them that shall be on his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire which was prepared for the devil and his angels. To be cursed by Christ. He who is he who is the sacred heart. Depart ye cursed into everlasting fire. We have then, we have then to look to our judgment, particular and general, to make sure that we are prepared. And the best way to be prepared is to present ourselves voluntarily as a criminal before our judge in the confessional. For now is the time of mercy. Again, the imitation of Christ, and we'll end with these words. We must consider the secret judgments of God, lest we be proud of what we have done. Let your peace not depend on the judgments of men, 
Humbly commend everything to God, who alone knows all. Reverence the secret judgments of God. Ye that are humble, rejoice. Ye that are poor, dance with joy. Because the kingdom of God is for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.